Hello, television family. It is great to come to you this morning. Uh, today, we are doing something a little bit different. Last week, you may remember, we had a hurricane, tropical storm, tropical depression, Barry. It came through central Louisiana, and as a result of that, a lot of city officials asked that we cancel our services. And so, a local pastor, Vince Smith, uh, at Circle Church and I teamed up, and uh, we had a conversation about what does it mean to be relevant and the church world? And uh, today we want to invite you to listen in on this conversation. We hope that it will be a blessing for you. Uh, as you listen to this, I hope that it will provoke you to think outside the box and make a difference for the glory of God. I hope this message blesses your heart today. Hey guys, I want to welcome you this morning to Family of Grace Church. We are in a interesting weekend uh, with uh, Hurricane Barry down to Tropical Storm Barry, and uh, uh, the city officials uh, this weekend really ask uh, churches to consider not having services. And so uh, today I have with me Pastor Vincent Smith from the Circle Church, and uh, I asked Pastor Vince, huh? I asked him if he'd come and join me this morning. Uh, Pastor Vince and I have been doing. Uh, some work together. You may have uh, picked him up on one, a couple of the podcasts that we've done together. And uh, man, I've had a great opportunity to kind of walk along beside him. And so today we want to kind of just tag team for you a little bit of what God's been doing in our lives and how we believe that is relevant to where we are today. Pastor Vince, uh, give your folks a shout out that are, are joining us today from the Circle Church and uh, let us know what God's doing. Amen. I hope you guys are connected to the Facebook Live, either on my page or the church's page. I'm not sure how it's working. I'm bad with technology. But be looking out for that. Um, another way for us to connect and kind of uh, be a church family today um, via technology through the web. So excited about uh, what the Lord has to say to us today. Just kind of hanging out doing this together. So this is good. Hey, so as we were thinking about this, Pastor Vance, I think one of the scriptures really been weighing on my heart a lot over the last couple of days. Uh, we were talking about this in today's service after we made the decision to cancel our services. And uh, uh, my seven-year-old, we were talking about what I would share today. This is a different than what I was going to preach. And uh, she said, well, it seems like a good Sunday for uh, Noah and the Ark. And uh, Bradley, my, my four-year-old thought, are you talking about the Ark at Calvary? You know, Calvary Daycare has this big Noah's Ark. So, uh, so Calvary, my four-year-old thought that, uh, I was going to be talking about your Ark. But I thought about what she said a lot though. And, uh, because man, what she was saying is what I understand about God is he's someone who always provides for his children. You know, it's been interesting as we watch the storm preparation. People have been running around frantically over the last couple of days just trying to get all this last-minute stuff. And this passage of Scripture out of Isaiah 43 really burned in my heart as I've had conversations with people, man, who just a couple of years ago uh, were flooded out of their homes and, uh, man, mucking their homes out and dragging their personal belongings out in the street to be left on the side of the road. And now two years later, some of them feel like they're going through the very same thing. Yeah. And uh, this passage of Scripture has been heavy on my heart. And and uh, here's what it says. I want to read it for you, and then we're going to talk about it if you don't mind. Yeah, Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord who created you, who Jacob and the one who formed you Israel do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Man, I thought that was such an awesome uh, passage of Scripture right there. And you are mine. 
And, and he goes on and he says, and I will be with you when you pass through the waters. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire and the flame will not burn you. For I, Yahweh, your God, the Holy One of Israel and your Savior, give Egypt as a ransom for you and Cush and Seba in your place because you are precious. Man, this this right here, man, this is good. And I want you to jump in on this. You are precious in my sight. You are honored. And guess what the next phrase says? I love you. Yeah. Man, what, what does that say to you today right there in it's, your in your uh, context? It's personal. Um, it's personal that God cares about what we're going through. And to be able to have um, a God who sees, knows, and understands, but I know you're about to communicate about it, but a God who uh, loves you enough that he puts all of the heavy work and heavy lifting on himself. And so when we serve a God who can um, carry the load and is um, willing to um, not just share in that with us, but take it on, um, uh, I think it's so encouraging to know that when we're uh, facing these trials, uh, these trials and these struggles, um, that we don't have a God who is just going to assist us. We have a God who's going to take it on. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good word, man. And as you were talking about right there, he goes on and he says, and I will give in exchange for you the nations instead of your life. Do not fear, yeah. for I am with you. I will, I will bring your descendants from the east and gather them from the west. I'll say to the north, give them up and the south, don't hold them back. Bring my sons and from my daughters from the far ends of the earth and everyone called by my name and created for my glory. I have formed him. Indeed, I have made him again. We see those two things being brought back again. Right. Bring out a people who are blind, yet they have eyes. People who are deaf, yet they have ears. You are my witness. Boy, come on, somebody. You are my witness is what he's saying. You, yeah. Israel, are my witness of my goodness. And uh, this is what the Lord's declaration says. And my servant, uh, God, uh, whom you serve, I have chosen so that you may know and believe and believe and understand that I am he. No God was formed before me and there is none after me. I, I am Yahweh. There is no other savior but me. I alone declared, saved and proclaimed, not some foreign demigod among mm. you. You are my witness. This is the Lord's declaration. For today on, I am he alone, and no one can deliver from my hand. I act. Who can reverse it? Yeah. Hey, before you jump in here, I counted these this morning. In just these few verses, 19 times God speaks with the word I. Yeah. I. First person. There's, there's only one other chapter where the word I is really highlighted. Highlighted, and it's in Isaiah, mm -hmm. but it's with Lucifer when he says, I will ascend of, into the heavens. I will make my throne above God's, and I will, you know, and he goes into this whole I thing. But right here, God is making a declaration. And before we jump into a conversation that we want to have with you today, I just want you to know, man, that when you're walking through this, a lot of people woke up this morning in central Louisiana and pastors are saying, man, I canceled church for no reason. And man, the meteorologist, man, God love you right now because you have the, the second you. hardest job in the whole world. Oh my goodness. I mean, the, the, you say, what's the first? A worship leader in a local church. <laughs> That'll <laughs> but, preach but, right there. Because people are asking you to predict what god's gonna do wow and uh you know man everybody's saying they missed it 
But you know what? We had 30 men gathered yesterday morning and we were praying for the Lord to, to just dissolve it. Lord, to, to, to either make it go quick or make it lose its power or its steam. And today, here's what happens, Pastor, and you know this, and, and when, when God does what we ask Him to do, our default is, God, well, they missed it. The meteorologist missed it. The doctor mm. missed it. Mm. Uh, not long ago, I, I was talking, just this week, I was talking to somebody. Uh, that they had found this blockage and was having this problem. And then when they went back having these heart problems, everything was cleared. And he says, well, I don't know how the technology missed it. I said, or it could be God cleared it. Mm. You know, and we, we have this mm. propensity yeah. to want to yeah. say they missed it, but yet it might have just been very much God moving. Hey, yeah. another verse I've been thinking about over the weekend is the book of Nahum. You've been mm. thinking about Nahum lately? No, I have been thinking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nahum chapter one says God has his way in the whirlwind mm. and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Wow. And so, man, I just been praying for God to have his way in the storm, which is a whirlwind. And, uh, I just want to just say this today as we jump into this conversation, there was four main takeaways right here that I shared with you earlier. And, and here's what God says through the prophet Isaiah. I created you. Mm. Then he says, I formed you, but before he formed, he created. What does creating mean? Well, creating isn't necessarily the manufacturing or assembling of things together, but it's the idea, mm-hmm. the idea of something. And so in this context, God said, I have the idea for you, a purpose for you, a plan for you. And because I had an idea and a plan for your life, then I knitted you together. Isaiah says that later. I knitted you together in your mother's womb because of this idea that I have. Hey, Pastor Vance, you have the privilege of serving as a dean of students at Louisiana College. And how many times do you see a college student come in and say, man, I don't know what to do. I missed it. I need to change my major or something like that. Um, often. And a lot of that has to do with um, where we where we started. Um, always is not a great indication of where we're going to go because we don't allow for um, growth to happen. And so sometimes when we plan, we don't understand that we're going to grow as seasons change. And so some of the things that you thought that you were connected to and you thought you were passionate about when you get uh, boots on the ground and when you uh, start doing your clinicals and you start doing your um, in, in insight uh, in your on-site uh, classroom teaching sessions, you start to realize, like, well, maybe I don't want to do this at all. And a lot of that has to do with because as God continues to grow and develop you, these plans continue to grow and develop as well. Mm-hmm. And so when that changes, we have to have um, an understanding that even though that's changing, that God's not changing, that his plan is still word. staying steady and perfect. And his plan for our life. That's right. So many times I see people that try to manipulate and change their creative purpose for their life mm-hmm. because of money, you know, because, well, this is, well, I remember talking right. There, I mean, I, how many college students right are there? going to college and they're thinking about, okay, what is the top 10 things in the United States that makes the most money? Mm-hmm. You know, money does not provide mm-hmm. happiness, purpose and relevancy. That's right. Divide, de- determines happiness. And so in this context, man, I know pastor Vince deals with this a lot because a lot of people are trying to be who they're not. They, they're trying to be what they were not created to be. That's right. And when they start walking that out in clinicals, they realize, like you're talking about, wait yeah. a minute, this isn't for me. That's right. 
Well, and not just from college students. I think the hardest part uh, about life sometimes for those who might be watching today is that you're here you are at 37 years old and you're forced with I'll the decision of, okay, how do I start again at this point in life? You're at 54 year old, 54 years old saying, now how am I about to start again when I should be ending this part? And a lot of it has to do with because God is changing you. God is developing you. Um, God is doing new things in you. And we, we just begin to think that because we got to this point where we've been stable, it's been we've been obedient to the instructions God has given us to where he's gotten us. And then when God begins to say a new things, it's a little bit hard to digest. You know, you know boy, you're on to something with that 37-year-old because what about not even in college? Yeah. Like there's people that have been going from occupation to occupation, profession to profession, thinking, okay, this is going to be it and I'm going to change. And when I get this new job, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. And then a lot of them have just been in one profession, but it's not the mm-hmm. one they were created for. And uh, then they're like, well, I've got too many years in to change. Mm. I have too much invested. Mm. And so they're going to spend the next 15 years being miserable. Yeah. And so, man, I just thought that was a great side note to this passage because we were created with an idea. You know, I mean, back in the year of 1972, mm-hmm. God created an idea that he would need a pastor. And because of that... He formed me over the next nine months in my mother's womb. And then in October of 1973, here I came. I watched a uh, video this past week on Facebook of Jim Carrey, uh, the comedian Jim Carrey, telling a story about his dad. And his dad was uh, apparently a great saxophone player in Canada, had a band there, and they decided they wanted to move to the States to make it big. And then as they came to the States, you got to make some money to take care of your family. So he became an accountant. And one of the things he talked about was later on in life that his dad um, got let go from his job very late in his life. And he was talking about what is it to what does it feel like to lose at something that's not even what you feel like you were created to do. He compromised on his dream of what he wanted to do mm. and then failed oh, in mercy. something that he didn't want to do. Mm. And so what does it feel like when you go into a season, you go into a profession that you know you're not even created to do, and then it falls out and the rug is pulled out from under you? Mm. And so he said he's wanted to give the rest of his life to walking into purpose, into what he feels like he was created to do. Now, if the comedian Jim Carrey can say that how about the – theologian and Christian brothers Mm. um, that and sisters that we know could could make up in their mind right now to say that I'm going to give my if I'm going to fail, I want it to fail at being what God's created me to do and not just something that helps me take care of um, the menial needs that are going on in this life right now. And the cool part about this passage right here is he says, I created you and I and I I formed you. Mm -hmm. So don't be don't fear. Yeah. And so people never take a chance because they fear they're a failure. Yeah, that's good. Hey, you know, one of my mentors told me one time, uh, a matter of fact, sitting right back here in our coffee bar, he said, uh, we was talking about our first big expansion that we were having to do at this North Campus, and I was so scared to undertake it. And he said, the hardest thing you'll do is manage growth. And I said, but I'm scared because, man, what if I fail? And he said, let me tell you something. He said, if you fail, fall forward. He said, how tall are you? I said, six foot one. He said, you'll be six foot one inch further than you were before you fail. Wow. And so in that context, that means don't fear. Because if you're going to fall, fall forward. And don't fall backwards. (laughs) Fall forward going how God created you to do. And so then he goes on and says something else right here. He says, and because I created you and formed you, I redeemed you. That means to be bought with a price. Mm. And he says, and then I have called you by my name. 
I mean, he gave us his name that we should be his children. And so I, here's the thing, and we want to jump into a conversation today. But um, he has, he has, look, some of you are finding yourself in a storm. Right in the middle of a physical storm, a hurricane. And you're fearful over your property and things like that. But over what you may lose. But what I want you to remember today is don't fear. Because the same God that was with you two years ago, five years ago, all those years ago. I, I remember uh, I met our neighbor, uh, Mike Haynes. He's across the street when we were building this building. We had hauled off 21 40-yard dumpsters from this building. And it was so much, I just couldn't keep paying the dumpster fees. So I said, you know what? I just started making a big pile in the parking lot right here. Hmm. And it was about 30 feet around in diameter and about 4 feet, 5 feet high. And Hurricane Gustav was coming in 2008. And uh, Mike Haynes, I'm calling you out this morning, brother, and, and you'll appreciate this. So he came across the street and got Bob Voss, a guy he knew, and said, y'all got to do something with that trash. It's going to end up all over the parking lot, all across the street. It's going to be scattered all throughout the city when this hurricane comes. And so, man, I'll just tell you, I was in the middle of working, and I was a little aggravated. And, and uh, so I went and got some Visqueen. I laid some Visqueen over this trash pile in hurricane prep and threw some of the trash from the pile on top of the Visqueen, gathered some men and prayed over it and said, Lord, you have brought us to this place for this purpose for such a time as this. May not one piece of trash be moved off this pile. So we went home, the hurricane passed, and do uh, you know not one piece of trash left that wow. pile and across the street. It took the roof off his building. Wow. The next week, I think it was, he came to church and been here ever since. But what I want you to understand is that God said he's doing something in our life in a special way. Brother Mike, I love you dearly and thank the Lord for you. And uh, in this context, what he is saying is, don't fear, I got you. Yeah. And then he gives these examples right here. He says, when you pass through the waters, some of you are going through the waters today. When you pass through the fire. Yeah, the waters won't take you. You will not be overwhelmed. The fire will not scorch you. It will not burn you. Why? Because I, I, I am your God. Mm. Today, can we drill down to something deeper? Because some of you are struggling in the middle of the storm. Some of you are in the middle of a, a health storm. You may have just got a terrible diagnosis. Uh, family we were praying for uh, yesterday most of the night uh, received some tragic news about health with one of their loved ones and different things. Today it may be a financial storm, but what I want you to know today is what so many people are searching for is relevancy. Yeah. And, and I want to throw this to Pastor Vince with this subject. To be relevant means to matter. Yeah. Today, so many people are in a storm that is greater than any hurricane, and they can't seem to find their way out of it because they are looking for relevancy. They are looking to matter in things of the world, and they're trying to matter in the physical realm. But today, if we could matter in the spiritual realm and go back to what Pastor Vance was talking about, what we were created for with Jim Carrey, that example, yeah. Yeah. if we could go back to that and identify with that in the spiritual realm, then the thing, the songwriter said the things of the earth would grow strangely dim. dim. Yeah. Talk to me about that and what that means. I think when you're trying to talk about, you know, things that matter and if you matter, it's a, it's a point of significance. And uh, I know I, I feel this with a... Um, 
uh, with the millennial church and a, and a younger audience. And uh, I know you can't see in the camera, but uh, my good friend, Pastor Jamison Jackson from uh, the Trout Creek Baptist Church, Gene, Louisiana, and also my frat brothers here. We talk about this often, and there's this incessant need, um, especially when we talk about as it relates to social media, um, to make it seem as if you matter quickly. There's this quick need to arrive. There's this quick need to look as if you have it all together. But I heard a person say the other day, um, the point is to not look like you're winning, but to actually win. Mm. It's You don't yeah. want to post and, say that. and pose as if um, I actually mm. matter. You want to actually matter. So it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're posting about these big ideas and dreams and then you never get around to it. The, the point is to actually have some significance and oh, actually pastor. matter right now, not mm. just say that you do. And so I think with a culture that is so tied into looking and have the appearance of um, having significance and worth and, and mattering and meaning something to someone that they never actually get around to doing what it takes to matter. Mm. Wow. You know, we showed the Kingdom Man video yesterday morning mm -hmm. to our men. And in I, as a matter of fact, this is the one takeaway I took from it. Tony Evans said in that video, he said, so many men, so many men are dying alone in a cave of isolation. Yeah. But they're surrounded by everybody. Wow. They're surrounded by everybody. That grabbed me. Matter of fact, I pulled my phone out and wrote that down. Because today when these, everybody's trying to matter and win, in, in the, in, in perception is what you're saying. Right. To win in perception, but alone in reality, they're dying in isolation. That's right. And so I think it's because we forget who we are, yeah. what we were created for. And so to matter, so everybody's looking for a way to matter and they want to matter quickly. They want, they want it to be instantaneously. And so in that context, what we are looking at here is so, so relevant and, and, and interchanging because that relates to the church world, which you and Pastor Jameson are talking about also. And what yeah. we're talking about is how is church relevant? Yeah. You know, I mean, church has lost its relevancy. It, so many people are, I watched a, a thing on cereal today. Over the last, oh man, that's good stuff. Over, that's good stuff right there. Man. Over the last several years, the cereal industry has taken a billion dollar hit hmm. because people are leaving the cereal industry. And what they're doing is now trying that is to blasphemy. Oh, what they're doing is trying blasphemy. to reinvent cereal. Right. For the people who are, they're trying to come up with bacon and egg flavor cereal and stuff like that <laughs> because people are moving towards breakfast sandwiches. Hmm. And so they're trying to figure out how do we, how do we get the billion that we lost mm -hmm. and let's change the flavor of it. Hmm. And I think the thing that you and I have had a lot of conversation with that we want to talk to you about today is we can't change who we are. Right. We, we need to get back to the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's right. Man. And when you as the laity, when you as the laity realize that you were created for a purpose and you are fulfilling your purpose, the church will be blessed at the grassroots level by you being who God called you to be. Yeah. Yeah. I talked with, uh, our church about this a couple of weeks ago about when Jesus sent out the disciples two by two and he sent them out, um, with no money, 
Um, they didn't pack a naps a knapsack. Uh, he didn't give them a gas card. Um, he didn't give them uh, a Cane's gift card. He sent them out with nothing. Um, he told them to preach uh, a message of repentance that was pretty difficult and then had the nerve to ask them after you told these people to repent, ask them if you could stay at their house. Um, and then, and then moreover, they were effective with no plan, no backup budget, nothing else in their pocket as they went. They were effective when they went. So I think that with the quicker that we learn that we don't have to change our, um, our strategy, uh, and our, uh, menu based off of the changing climates because we will always be effective. If you just keep the same age old gospel, we keep equipping the saints for the work of ministry and not feel the need to cater to change, right. but understand the difference between learning methodology and how that can be different, but that our framework is always going to be the same to make disciples. But the way in which we do it, we can talk about methods changing, but you, you, the cereal general Mills should not get into start selling couches. Still sell cereal. Right. You know, right. It, it's, you can, you can change the flavor. You can use something different, but still sell what you're used to selling. And so we can talk about change some methods, but stay in the game of what you've been called to do. But it seems like the relevancy in the church is, is, is losing its way because we are, the church is trying to make the change in the community instead of being the change. Hmm. And we be the change by making disciples. Oh, man. And I think, uh, you oh, know, man. again, don't go the, the don't thing go there, we were man. talking about is Please don't go there. Please don't <laughs> uh, go making there. disciples is hard work. It's, it's not a one and done. It's not, it, you know, the last thing we need mm. is another Bible study. Talk, Honestly, man. we need uh, how people pairing up one on one, two on three, making disciples. Two on three. Two that's on three. Good, that's good defense. I, I mean, when you think about that, I, I, we were talking about this the other day in our podcast, that the church has been on defense so long trying to keep from losing members, you know, oh, man, that's good. going away that's good. that we need to get back on that's offense. Good. And how are we the, how, what is our best offensive play against the plague that is besieging the world? And it is discipleship. That's good, man. Making disciples, so helping good. people realize what they were created for. And if they realize you were created for a purpose, there is a royal blueprint. I hope that you enjoyed today, Pastor Vince and myself's conversation. Hey, if you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, it was quite long. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page at uh, Pastor Brad at uh, on Facebook and catch us there. Also, uh, each week, Pastor Vince and I are doing a podcast. You can pick that up on Real Talk. Um, on, if on any of your podcast platforms, whichever one you listen to, if you don't know what that is, find a grandchild or a kid and they'll tell you about it. But every week we're doing a couple of podcasts talking about real life issues and how they relate to your world. So join us on Real Talk. And, uh, also, uh, we do a Facebook live, uh, one, uh, several times a month. And so hopefully that'll bless you as well. Let us know if our ministry is impacting your life. Write to us, call us, uh, how we can help be a blessing to you and thanks for believing and supporting the ministry of family of grace.